Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the podcast for the week of February 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff this week, so let's jump right in. And we will kick things off with some trailers. And we got the uh, first trailer this week for uh, the, like the, a- the annual or, uh, exorcism demonic possession movie. It seems like every year we get at least one big exorcism de- demon movie. And uh, this year's uh, so far is The Pope's Exorcist, which uh, stars none other than Russell Crowe um, as a real life figure uh father gabriel m morth who was the chief exorcist for the vatican for many years and it's it's based on his uh case files uh i don't know i mean i'm assuming very very loosely based on his his actual files but um yeah i mean so yeah based based on true story or based on true events um or inspired (laughs) by true events um but yeah basically yeah basically yeah russell crowe is like he's the the head he basically reports directly to the Pope and uh, takes all the like all the exorcism cases that had get to the Vatican and then in, like determines the, if they actually need an exorcism or not. And then he's got in, the, in this in this movie he's got a particularly like crazy case where there's a young boy being possessed. And then uh, that that like rolls into like a conspiracy of like there's like buried Vatican like rooms or torture rooms or something. And then he might get possessed himself at some point. Is this based on a true story? I mean, I don't, I don't know if Father Amorth ever got like possessed by a demon or something in real life, but <laughs> I, I don't know how many demons off the rails, and we're all supposed to believe that like this who is, this man is now this, is like a demon. This, this is, this is, uh, I mean, we're gonna talk about it uh, later on, but like this is like the Frank Dukes of like exorcism, like oh yeah, it's based on true events, it's based, like like it's based on like the this true thing that happened. This is yeah, that's kind of worried. I'm like, what? Like, is he just gonna be like this huge ass liar? It's inspired by the actual files, so um, whatever. Take take that for whatever that means. <laughs> but yeah, Russell Crowe, uh, doing a crazy, crazy Italian accent. I guess. I guess that's what his accent is. Russell Crowe just like Russell Crowe seems to be love doing accents recently. Like he was like doing his crazy like Greek question mark accent in the uh, Thor: Love and Thunder last year, and I was doing like a Italian accent. Did did someone say he can do these accents well? I feel like <laughs> yeah, like his use was like like a discounted accent that we're not really shocked that he doesn't sound like epic and mighty. He sounds like almost a like he sounds like Mario, like a, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know he he sounded very like Italian and Greek. Yeah. I guess this time he's just like, yeah, like no one can know the difference, and then like, I don't know. Like, I'm a the exorcist. Yeah, and just like his American is good. His, uh, you know, like when he wants to be Roman, you know, was okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I just, all right, he's Italian now. And, and then also, yeah. I was, I was say, uh, Franco Nero, the legendary Franco Nero, is the Pope. Um, yeah, right. Like I, I pointed out, like, whoa, that's cool, but yeah, 
He's like this grizzled looking pope. Mm-hmm. What pope was this? <laughs> and then um, Ralph Innocent, who has been in a lot of the, uh, he's been in a bunch of the. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on? We just talked about him, the director of the Northmen. Um, like he was, like he was in like the the he was like the father from like the the the, the witch. Um, Robert Eggers, like he's in a bunch of Robert Eggers movies. But he has a very distinctive like super super deep voice, and he's uh, voicing the demon in this movie. Wait, Robert Eggers? No, Ralph Ralph Innocent, who's been in a bunch oh. of like Robert Eggers movies. He's got a very, very bass, like distinctive voice, so he's he's like voicing the demon in this movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Cause I, I thought you meant like Robert Eggers was gonna be. Yes. Eggers. And I was like, wait, what? When does he have time to yeah. do that? And then uh, Julius Avery, who directed uh, Overlord and then last year's Samaritan, uh, is directing this movie. And it's gonna be April fourteenth in theaters. So uh, if you're looking for uh, an exorcism movie or de- demonic possession movie, uh, You'll have at least one big one this year in in theaters in uh, April. Yeah, I I haven't heard of any other big... I haven't really heard of any other big ones coming this year for, like, exorcism demon movies. This is probably, like, your, your, like, big, big big-budget one for the year. I feel like exorcism movies, they only cater to, like... I don't know, like religious people like you know like i always think like exorcism movies they need to be not religious to kind of be a little more scary by modern standards well i mean it's so it's always like you know it's like i mean because it's, it's it's always involves like the catholic church you really can't get away from that because like, that's that's the no, catholics no. are the ones who do the exorcism so but oh yeah i mean they're the ones that think they're the world or, or like, or like, or it's like, uh, you know, like the uh, the conjurings, where it's like, but they're yeah, the but, conjuring, but, but they're still, I mean, they're still like they're religious still. Yeah, they're still so. kind of church related. Yeah. Because you gotta throw you gotta throw holy water on them and yell at them in Latin and stuff to like the demon out. So. And they go. Yeah. The, the the gold standard is, is still always I mean the exorcist is still is still like the gold standard <laughs> like the peak of exorcism movies so yeah I, I just feel like the movies where the church gets heavily involved in the exorcisms tend to be very like mm-hmm. kind of paint by numbers are telling what was that one I think it I think it's on like Peacock or Paramount Plus or something like it was like, it was like Pray for the Devil that was like last year's. But I was like, oh, it's like, it's a nun? A nun's going to exorcism school? I forgot about that. Yeah. That was like, that was like, that was like, that was like October last year. That was like, so. I mean, that movie has a 17% Rotten Tomato score. (laughs) Yeah. And IMDb is just me. That's the thing, too. I think that's the thing with these, like, exorcism demon movies, is like, it's either like, they're they're really good or they're terrible. (laughs) Yeah, there's no middle ground. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I like the ones that it's a little um, kind of like subverts the trope. Yeah. So, you know, now that I know, I mean, I, the Pray for the Devil seems cool when the exorcism person is a nun. That's cool. 
that's different. That kind of brings something, uh, you know, uh, atypical than a bunch of priests. What was, wasn't there one, um, wasn't like Ethan Hawke in one recently where it was like, they, they, they made it, it was more of, it, they made it seem like it was going to be like fucking like trading day, but like, for like, for like, for like, for like demons, like it was like two, it was like two priests, but like the one priest was like, this like, Ethan Hawke. Of like yeah. I can't remember if oh, it was yeah. Ethan Hawke or, like a burnt out like christian john constantine or something yeah i'm, I'm thinking look, look like fish priest i don't know that's not it i can't remember i i, I feel like i'm thinking i'm thinking of ethan just because like it it was like it looked like like super training day esque but i can use it training day obviously but like i don't know if it was if it was like uh uh actually like ethan hawk but i know it, yeah, it came out actually way longer than we thought. Like, mm. I thought that movie it sounded familiar, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like the the seventh day. That's what it's called. Was it? Because there's another one where he's a, guy, he's a priest guy, again. guy Pierce was it? Was the like the grizzled guy? Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't Ethan Hawke. I mean, they look the, the guy Pierce and the Ethan Hawke. I have look similar. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, this, this yeah, this, 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 there's always like every couple months there's always like a a new <laughs> exorcism demon movie because that's like a, it's an easy it's 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 a go-to horror horror genre. But yeah, we'll see how we'll see how Russell Crowe uh does it in uh, in April. And then we also got the trailer this week for Rabbit Hole, which is a new uh, Paramount Plus show. It's coming uh, in March. And sorry, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland is coming to Paramount Plus. Uh, shockingly, not a Taylor Sheridan show. Um, it's one of the few shows that isn't a Taylor Sheridan show on Paramount Plus. But uh, it kind of seems like uh, Kiefer's kind of back in like 24 mode, even though um, he's pl- he's playing a spy, but he's playing like a corporate spy. He's like a corporate espionage spy. Um, so not like government agent like jack bauer but like it seems like very similar kind of it's you know sh- the shady underworld and like there's like people like conspiracies and like people are after him and he's get and he gets trained to murder but yeah he's playing he's playing a, a guy named john weir and then he gets uh he takes on this new job to i guess br- like break into like a company and steal their ideas or steal their technology or whatever he's doing and then uh it seems i, I what I get from like the like trailers and like the like 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 the uh, promo stuff is like he uncovers like this like conspiracy of like there's like this like weird like worldwide like global organization that's like controlling thing everything and then like they're like oh, oh he, he discovers like the, the, um, the Illuminati, the Illuminati. yeah yeah and then so then the, then the, they like frame him for murder and then it's like you you like we gotta get you we gotta get you like off the board like you will make it look like you killed someone or something so. Because cause there's the whole thing about in the trailer there's like this whole thing about like oh like they they know everything you're doing they they they, they know like what sh- like when you buy your shoes online they know who you're gonna vote for like so it's like it's like this like digital like global Illuminati kind of group I guess but uh Tra- Charles Dance is co-starring Rob Yang uh Edie Graham. And yeah, it's gonna be March 26 on uh, Paramount Plus. So mm. if if if, if, he, if he was there, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, <laughs> since 24, 
I, I never finished. I, I watched like the, I think I watched all the ABC seasons of Disney Survivor, but I didn't, I didn't watch the Netflix season. Which that was like, that was a weird thing of like it got canceled by ABC and then they ended up on Netflix for like a final season. And that show was weird because like because like Kiefer wasn't in like the twenty four esque parts of it. Like he was like everything with Kiefer was like more like West Wing, and then Maggie Q was doing all the twenty four stuff kind of. I, I kind of forgot it didn't devolve until a twenty four esque show. Yeah, because like half of it was like Kiefer as pre- as the president, like doing like uh like kind of it felt more like the West Wing or something where right? he was dealing mm-hmm. with like, like policy things that came up, and then Maggie Q was the one investigating like digging into like this conspiracy and like uh like who blew up the like the Capitol building and all and all that stuff. Which if it was twenty four, obviously Jack would be the one doing all that stuff, but <laughs> he's the president now. But this, this, yeah, this, this seems more like, like, yeah, like Kiefer's back in, on, like, on the ground, in, like, in, like, the shadows, like, more Jack Bauer esque. And then, uh, last trailer for this week is we got a trailer for a, uh, a Finnish movie, um, called Sisu, um, which looks pretty crazy, um, and it is, it's basically there is, a, it's set in like the kind of like the last days of World War Two, and there's a, uh. Former commando now, but now he's like he kind of like left the war. Now he's he's trying like prospect for gold in Finland, and he and he he finds like a he finds a like a, a vein of gold, and he, so he like he's like basically like oh man I find, I'm I'm rich now I found gold, uh, but then but then the Nazis show up and steal his gold, but then it turns out he's like yeah he's like a one man like death squad killing machine, so he basically just goes and like I'm like you, you, you stole my gold I'm gonna kill all of you <laughs> like. <laughs> It's a very like simple revenge story, or um, I get I get very catalyst. Well, I I, I get I get very inglorious bastards vibes from it, like from the yeah, trailer. Like, the tra- but like it gets kind of like a little over the top where it could just be gritty, like tomahawk, whatever that movie was, like oh, tomahawk. tomahawk. Yeah, yeah. Where it just it's a very insanely like gritty and bloody movie but then there's a shot of like an all-female like survivor with machine guns did you notice that in the trailer yeah. like why he, are these women scantily clad he, and armed like like and then like the commit like the commando guy like uh a tommy corpy like he uh he, he like I guess he like he like is on like the bottom of a plane and cuts his way into the bottom of the through the bottom of the plane at one point it was like the like the like stinger of the trailer was like oh is he it's like his knife like burst through the bottom of a plane and the guy's like oh shit like yeah but that that to me is fine if they kept up with that I just yeah. didn't understand why well it's it, yeah it def- it's it's it definitely has it has like a, it, it, glorious bastards like and also like it's very like grindhousey where it's like it's, yeah, yeah it's, like, that's it's super the that's the super word. over the top like like he's like stabbing people through the like straight through the head with a knife like at one point like he's just like yeah like. Super. It looks like be like super over the top, gory, like crazy. I'm. It's fine because I mean I don't mind World War II grindhouse movies. You know, you. I just don't want it to suddenly become like Iron Skies. Mm-hmm. You know that movie yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it starts grindhouse, where it's like you just take a small silly concept, but like it snowballs into such a crazy like sci-fi realm that I'm like, oh, like it's no longer grounded. 
Well, so this, so season's going from uh, Jalmari Hellander, who uh, directed Rare Exports, like that, like, like the, the like Monster Santa movie, and then Big Game, which is like the like Samuel L. Jackson is the president and his plane goes down that, and it's like the little kid that's like protected. The survivor kid. Yeah. 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 So, so which they, I think that was grounded. Ki- yeah, kind of. It was like it was it had like an eighties action vibe to it. Like it was like kind of diehard esque a little bit. It was like, Did it was you like, see that one? I seen both though. I saw Rux, I've seen Rare Exports and Big Game. Did uh, did the kid kill anyone? Uh yeah, I think so. I think because yeah. I think because I, I, I think he knew how to like like uh, shoot like a bow and arrow and stuff and he, and make traps. So, like it was like they're like he's like making he's making like John Rambo traps like I guess he's like uh it's like mercenary team that was trying to kill Samuel Jackson. But uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, but season looks cool. Um, it's gonna be April twenty eighth is when that's gonna hit theaters. So, uh, if you want to see some uh, Finnish, <laughs> Finnish prospector slash commando killing Nazis, that's gonna be uh, in theaters late April. And then uh, moving on to some other news, uh, we got some news. I think this was from the like the Warner Brothers uh, earning call. Um, that they have signed a new uh, multi-year deal with uh, Embracer Group, who owns the like global rights to Lord of the Rings, and there's gonna be more new Lord of the Rings movies coming at some point in the near future here, with the uh, oh. new new line of Warner Brothers teaming back up uh, for new Lord of the Rings movies. I don't I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna like redo the Fellowship like the the Lord of the Rings trilogy again. I think they're just gonna like just do, do like new sounds like they're doing like, new side stories and stuff. Okay, okay. Like, there was so much other things that happened in between, like, what, the hundred and something years between the movies of, like, yeah. I mean, Lord which, of the which, Rings. Which, like, which, we're, which, we're getting, which we're, like, seeing in, like, Rings of Power right now. Um, that, that's, like, hundreds of, that's, like, multiple hundreds of years before The Hobbit. And there's, yeah, there's definitely time, there's definitely time between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, because that was, like, I, like... I, I think there's like at least like a couple decades between the end of the Hobbit and the start of the start of Fellowship. Um, and there is uh, next year we're getting like the animated this like animated anime movie like the War of the Rohirrim, which is set 183 years before Lord of the Rings. That was that was like in development for like the like uh Warner Brothers Discovery deal I think and stuff, but that's that's still going on. That's coming out in April next year. Um, and yeah, so, but yeah, they said, they, I don't think they said how much they spent for it, uh, for the rights, but they, yeah, they, 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 they got the, they got like the, uh, they worked on a deal with like Embracer Group who owns, like they, Embracer Group is, is like, started like owning like everything. <laughs> like <laughs> they, they started, they started out like, just like, as like a, like, um, a video game company. They were, but they're buying out like video game companies, but now they have like a bunch of like other subsidiaries under them. Like they, like. Embracer Group owns like, uh, like THQ Nordic. They own, uh, like Crystal Dynamics and, and like uh, IDOS Montreal and Dark Horse, Dark Horse Comics. They own Saber Interactive, um, Gearbox, uh, Asmodi, like the board game company, um, Limited Run Games. They own so yeah, like oh, really. Embracer, yeah, Bracer Group just is like been buying just like tons, tons of like comp- like these like small companies and like but they're all under like the one 
one big umbrella of Embracer Group. And yeah, and so they they have Middle Middle Earth Enterprises, which is like they're like that's like the, they basically formed a company that just handles Lord of the Rings stuff. And that and that's who like Amazon dealt with to get like the uh, Rings of Power, like television, like the TV stuff. Um, I think they, I think they just I think they just announced like was it EA or some like someone or like Embracer Group themselves are gonna make like. One, one, like some of their companies are gonna make like they're like uh they, they're gonna have like five new games coming they're like Lord of the Rings games at some point and then like between like now and like 2025 or something and I, th- and I think like I think like Lord of the Rings Gollum is still is like under their umbrella that game's still apparently coming out <laughs> at some point yeah I don't mind more games I just don't think movies are the answer when yeah I think it's also are they gonna rival the TV show that's uh. I mean, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I don't mind them kind of knocking out the TV show just because it's, like, wonky storytelling. But, you know, if they go back and just sort of, like, hey, you want to know how, like, Gandalf got here? Not from, like, a a meteor? Like, if they go back and make uh, Shadows of War the movie, I'm for it. Give me that arc. Yeah. Give me a sexy spider lady. (laughs) Well, I hope, hopefully, hopefully, they're like they're actually like using like you know like Tolkien like stuff that's actually in like the novels and like and like like supplement stuff and not just like like we're gonna make our own story like we're gonna make it we're gonna invent a new character and like put them in like the Lord of the Rings. I, mean, like, I don't mind a new character. Like honestly, the telling of you know where the motivations are, it just doesn't quite line up to how they are like Gadrels origin yeah it just seemed weird i know we haven't really talked about rings of power too much but we're just sort of on that fence of like eh, i watch it if i'm just like in the mood but i've not been like, in the mood in a while i feel like it ended, it ended strong like it set up like it definitely set up like a, hopefully like a, a more interesting season two i mean for me i liked it where it kind of hints at like sauron would Saruman is a pirate man. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So like, so, yeah, Sauron was like uh, in the guise of like, yeah, like the like this like, uh, the the, the he's in the, the guise of like the, the, the like their like version of like Aragorn. <laughs> yeah, but is it implied that like that's him or is yeah, not? Like, I... yeah, that's that, that that was like the big reveal at the end of like it was like that's that's Sauron because okay. then he like because then he he like headed over to Mordor, which is like. Like that was like his like big scheme for like the first season is, is like creating Mordor. But I feel like he put himself in huge amount of danger to get to that. Mm-hmm. For you know what I mean it just the plan didn't seem sound. It sounded like it can go wrong at any goddamn moment. Yeah, but for, but for these movies, like I think we gotta, I think we gotta hear like what because there's like no details about what these movies are gonna be. So I think we have we gotta hear more of like what they're actually gonna do, and then maybe yeah. we get, like like if like like we're gonna do a Gollum movie or something. Like I I we'll have to find out what they're doing, and then and then next year we'll we'll kind of get an idea of, of like what these like kind of spinoff movies can be with like that with the, yeah with the animated movie. 
And then other uh, Warner Bros. news, they, I think they also announced that they have uh, officially greenlit the uh, It prequel. So Welcome to Dairy is going to be the uh, prequel to It. It's going to be a TV show um, based on the novel. But, like, I don't – there was there was never an official, like, Stephen King It prequel. So, like, this is, like, totally just, like, kind of, like, making it up <laughs> to, to, like, um, making up, like, a new, like, chapter of the It, like, mythology. But uh, Andy, Andy Muschietti is, uh, is show running it, uh, who obviously directed like the both of the, the It movies. And yeah, it'll, 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 be, it'll be set sometime before It, before like for Losers Club and everything. It'll be like a new, I'm assuming it'll be like a new group of like kids that have to deal with uh, Pennywise or something, or maybe more like, uh, it'd be interesting if, if like, yeah, dig more into like Pennywise's like, like his different forms and like his di- like origins maybe. Although I mean, it, I don't know, I don't know if they'd go like full crazy of like the, the where like the book where it's like oh he like his rival is a space turtle <laughs> like because that was the whole, yeah, like that yeah is they gonna introduce that yet yeah did they, they, they did they even do that in they the they sequel? did they've, they've never they've never introduced the, the space turtle part of it into like any of the adaptations. Because that was the whole, like, the space turtle shows up, and, like, that's how the Losers Club, like, learns how to, like, defeat Pennywise, is, like, the space turtle is, like, I'll help you, like, you, you need to, like, yeah, like, join join your minds together, and, like, don't don't fear him anymore, and then they'll defeat him, like. And then, obviously, with, with, like, the Dark Tower, like, they, like, made more of, like, oh, like, yeah, like, like. Pennywise and like the space turtle, are, like uh, like you know, like de- like deities from like gods from another dimension or something. Mm. Or it's just like, what's the opposite of a clown? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think an opposite of a clown is a turtle. I think the I mean actually, is it a cowboy? Like what's I'm gonna just I'm curious to see what's the polar opposite of a clown. Like a principal? <laughs> if it was a cowboy, they should have brought in, like, the gunslinger. Like, they should have been rolling from the Dark Tower. Yeah. The clown? Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt, Maturin is the, uh, the turtle, uh, like, space turtle that, like, shows up and, like, helps them. Yeah, so it's like, you just need someone who more... Yeah, it actually makes more sense that the opposite of a clown is a cowboy. The, like, the cowboy... The gunslinger is not funny. He's very serious. Yeah, and then, his whole life is just been bred in war. Yeah, Matt, so like Matt, Matt, the 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 turtle basically created like an entire like he's the he's the person that created the entire like this like, like this alternate universe. You mean the Stephen King universe? The macroverse. That's what it's called. That's that's the that's the universe that like Matarin, the turtle created. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter, he vomited out our universe when he had a stomach ache. <laughs> That's how our universe got created. Cool. In in the world of Stephen King. That's definitely like the Stephen King coke binge talking. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that'd be that'd be if they got into that stuff, that'd be crazy at the show but um 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess another group. Like, I mean, because it, it like. But like, has like has another group just like defeated Pennywise like before the Losers Club? I don't think they. I don't think they have. I think because he just like he just like killed like he just killed as many kids as he needed to, and then like went into like hibernation again. So. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's really no details of, like what the prequel actually is gonna be about. Um, and I don't, I don't think, they, I don't think they mention if like Bill Skarsgård is gonna come back or anything. Um, we just, we just know that like yeah, Andy Muschietti and his sister Barbara are gonna be like working out or, or like writing it and working on it. So, but that'll, that'll be an HBO Max uh, original series at some point in the future. And then uh, we also got some news this week that uh, they're going to try again with Hellboy. We're gonna, they're going to reboot it again. We're going to get a new Hellboy movie. Four times uh, the charm. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, the first two are great. Um, and then, yeah, the, the reboot well, one was... Uh, I'm always saying that because, like, people forget about the animated movie that came out. Yeah. Which was a nice, like, hey, I know the first movie wasn't the best, but this animated movie is more in line to the comic, and... If it did well, they could just continue to cut this, and they just never did. Yeah. But it's you know like it. Hellboy. I mean, I read Hellboy out of order, and there is really no correct way to read it because even how they tell the story, it jumps a lot in the timeline. And then they just introduce new arcs that just happen. Like there are so many like, new Hellboy series that take place around, like, any version of Hellboy, like, any, like, error he's in. Either he's with the the PBD, P, uh, the Paranormal Bureau, or he's he's alone, or he's in hell, or he's back from hell, mm-hmm. or he's a kid. So it's like, they're picking one that's, like, safe. Like, where they want to aim this at, it's a safe story. So let's I'm like, all right, re- it's that to me, it doesn't seem like a reboot. It just it could take place at any point in in any of these movies. Yeah, but but it's like I don't think I don't think, like it's gonna be yeah, but like we're getting like a, a new actor in Hel- as Hellboy probably because like yeah, yep. it's they, no David Harbour coming back. Um, so yeah, so it's Hellboy, the Crooked Man is this is this first movie what they're is like what they're they want it to be a series. Uh, Millennium is is uh producing the movie. Uh, Brian Taylor of Devil Dean Taylor fame is uh, directing the movie. Uh, solo that that because like Devil Dean Taylor broke up like you, you know or like kind of split uh, a couple years ago. But um, yeah, so but he's directing. Right, then um, this is gonna be the first one that Mike Mignola is actually like helping to co-write. So he's gonna co-write the, the movie with. Um, he said that the second time around when he made that other Hellboy movie. Did yeah? Did he have anything to, like I don't think he did anything, anything to do with like the script or anything with like the David Harbour one, right? You did. Did he? He was like heavily involved compared to the first two. And somehow it was worse. Well did he did he just produce it? Like or was he like an executive producer and like in like name like so it was like yeah he's the executive producer but like <laughs> but he, like he didn't he didn't actually like write the script or do it like because like I think well, yeah I think you're right I think you're right. I think he was a producer like, 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 I'm sure, like, I'm sure, like, Del Toro was just like, hey, 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 Mike, does this look good? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, give me the next check. Yeah. But, the, like, yeah. You know, you know what's funny? It's, like, 
the production company of the 2019 Hellboy is like the same people. Like it's Millennium Media. They produced it. Yeah. Summon Entertainment. Dark Horse. Yeah. And then like um. I'm pretty sure there's an international one. I don't know what New New Boya Film Studio is, but yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. They're, but they're basically just like, well, the name of one didn't work. Let's just try it again. <laughs> um, and it, it is based on the uh, comic Hellboy: The Crooked Man, which came out in 2008, and it is set in the 50s. And Hellboy is going to a uh, remote like which community in the Appalachian mountains to like, like any teams of like a rookie agent to like go. Yeah. Find this witch community and stop them, I guess. Yeah. I, I do like a Hellboy story that he kind of fights these mythical, um, legends like monsters. Mm-hmm. Cause even the cook, like, do you remember in I forgot what movie the Crooked Man's in there for like a split the, second? The, the Conjuring. The Conjuring. Like, yeah, it was like, like oh, they're, they're like setting up the, the Crooked Man. They're like, he's gonna get his own movie. We st- that that hasn't happened yet, but. Well, Hellboy's gonna do it first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, Hellboy. You, I just, I don't need the introduction again, and I don't need a. Like Hellboy doesn't want to be Hellboy story. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah he, just, like just... almost all the movies, he doesn't want to be Hellboy anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm like, ah, like good. It takes place in the fifties and is like, at this point, Hellboy is in his teens. Uh, and you know maybe he might be twenty, but mm-hmm. if you think he was born in like, oh, he was summoned to Earth. When he was like two, you know, like mm. in the fifth, in the forties. So, uh, it's nice that like in this era he's on a job and he hasn't been like burnt out yet. Where basically in all the other Hellboys, he's just like, ah, oh, I'm tired of this. Though, in Hellboy the reboot it was more it makes more sense but he's allowed out and stuff like it's weird because like no one in the comics points that out it's like a demon and they're like cool anyway can i get groceries like you know there's no there's no like society hasn't really been freaked out about this yet and the cool thing i mean the cool thing about it is that like as the series progresses where there's way more and more paranormal like activity shit he is like more normal by that because he's the like um, you know, like, oh, oh, we've seen monsters and like you are at least like wearing clothes and smoking a cigar. So we're not afraid of that. You know, well, what kind of monster would you rather have? One that's like screaming and like, you know, just came out of your chimney or some dude who shows up in a trench coat, you know, and it's carrying like, uh, like all this equipment. And you're like, all right, no, that guy looks like a professional. <laughs> that, that demon looks like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. so uh yes this is gonna go in production uh next month uh they're gonna start shooting this so um probably be out uh like probably maybe next year it depends on how fast they shoot it but uh or i mean it's going to it's going in production so i don't know if that means they're actually gonna start shooting because they, they haven't even said who's gonna be hellboy yet so um 
It could be one of those things where every other scene, it's David Harbour or Ron Perlman. <laughs> they just used footage for the previous movies, yeah. I mean, David Harbour didn't say he wouldn't do it again. I'm I mean, pretty sure he didn't have, like, a great time. Yeah. I can't, I don't, I, I can't think of, like, anyone, like, I don't know who, I mean, I, I see Rod Perlman was perfect, so I don't know, like, who else, but, like, if it's not him, like, I don't, like, I don't know, I really can't think of anyone else who, to, like, who could be, like, a new Hellboy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Batista, <I> think... like. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I can't, his voice wouldn't sound right. Yeah. They would have to, like, modulate it some more. Because you think of very deep bass tones. Mm-hmm. Batista sounds very raspy. But, I don't know, because I, I just think Drax again. And I don't <laughs> think he wants to be in roles where he just has to be short with all the time. Yeah, it has to throw, like, makeup on, yeah. Yep, I think he's just done with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll find out soon who's uh, gonna be the Hellboy, and then see how this uh, this new movie turns out. They, apparently, they want this to be like a, a, the first of a new series, so we'll see how that turns out for them. And then, uh, last bit of news for this week is that we got some news about casting for the full-length version of Thanksgiving, the Grindhouse fake trailer that Eli Roth directed. So Eli Roth is directing he's directing a full-length version of his fake trailer. Falling in the in the in the heels of uh, Machete and Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, was Hobo with a Shotgun a Grindhouse thing? I kind of forgot that. It was. I think it was. I think when I when I read it, it was like it was like Canada, the like version of the Canada got of Grindhouse. They had like a like a a contest where you could like shoot a fake. You could shoot a fake trailer for Grindhouse, and then they put it would go. The winner ended up in the movie. So like mm-hmm. the Hobo the, the Hobo with a Shotgun like fake trailer like won that contest and that and they got in like if you if you watched like right House in canada you saw the hobo the shotgun trailer but then they made the whole the, the full like movie that they viewed everywhere but yeah it, it was it, hobo the shotgun wasn't in like the like uh like american u.s release of right House or like international i think it was just like i think it was just like particularly for like yeah the, like it's like canadian release because i think the guys made hobo the shotgun are canadian so but yeah, Thanksgiving was in all of them in every every version of Great House. Um, and yeah, so yeah, full length version of, of Thanksgiving. And then uh, Patrick Dempsey and uh, Addison Ray have been cast so far to co-star in the movie. And it sounds like it sounds like it's gonna be like just expanded to like the like the premise we saw in the trailer, which is like there's this mess town in Massachusetts is, is like very into like Thanksgiving and like celebrate they've like prayed and all those like Thanksgiving celebrations and then like a guy in a pilgrim costume, shows up and starts murdering people. So, yeah, well, 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 I mean, it was, it was a very fun, like, just like, for like a two minute trailer, it was like a fun thing. I I don't know how, like, 90 minutes of like, (laughs) well, thanks. I mean, but I mean, there's been like tons of like holiday slasher movies over the years, so. Yeah, and, you know, it gives us an. I'm I'm for it just because it gives us another horror Thanksgiving movie that isn't Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, that's like the only like yeah Thanksgiving based. I, oh, there was the anthology like like holidays. I think there I think there was like a Thanksgiving 
entry in that one, possibly. All right, but and then I think and then I like there was like the remember like the like the Blumhouse like the the Hulu like it was like every month was a new movie. I think there, yeah, I'm there, gonna was, forget. there was like a Thanksgiving one. November had like a Thanksgiving one for that. Yeah, I didn't see that. Did you? I I think I saw it, but I don't really remember what much about it. So memorable. Yeah. My main concern, for, my main hope for this one is like, hopefully they like Eli Roth keeps like the like the like super super grimy like grindhouse look for this one, like like make it look like a trailer, make it look like a seventies movie. Because mm-hmm. I think I think that was like one of the like I mean Machete kind of like the first one kind of kept that t- style, but then like the second one was just, like totally off the rails and like. I still have not seen the second one. It man, the second one is just so like so insane and just like like there's like cam it's just like cameos for like they basically they basically created a character that only exists to have cameos <laughs> they made like this like hitman who's basically like the chameleon but it, but so it's like oh it's like it's lady gaga and then it turns into like uh like some other like other uh person and then it turns into like another person it's like so it's like it's like this hitman like mercenary but it's like they change they can like change their appearance just to have like like five five cameos, <laughs> and then then it ends with like a tease for like machete in space. <laughs> like it doesn't does it, like it, the actual like story of uh, two doesn't end. It just like it just like goes with, like a teaser for like machete three in space, and then that never happens. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, like, did Robert Rodriguez just like yeah, I'm just gonna end it on like a cliffhanger, like. He's done with the series. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't they don't really resolve the story that they set up in of like that was going on. Like Machete kills this was like, well, we gotta go, we gotta go in space and stop and stop this. I gotta stop I gotta stop Mel Gibson from his like space station or whatever. <laughs> like. Oh, like they didn't resolve like the main villain. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were setting up Machete kills again in space. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Walton Goggins, Cuba Gooding Jr., Lady Gaga, and Antonio Banderas were all the same character. <laughs> Which one was the dominant persona? Well, it was, it was just like every, like he, he, he just like he, he's like the chameleon from like Spider-Man, where he just like would just change his appearance. Like he could just he could, like it, the character just changes their appearance. However, they, like cause it's like like oh I'm I'm gonna sneak it here as Lady Gaga, then like to pull my mask off and I'm both Gaga Gaga's now. <laughs> like but yeah yeah two 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 was a mess. <laughs> Sounds like it. Like I definitely will see it. I just need to stumble upon it, muster up, but it just, it's never on my, like, must-watch list. Yeah. But yeah, hope, hopefully Thanksgiving, hopefully the, the full version of Thanksgiving, like, is, like, very, yeah, very true to, like, the Grindhouse feel, like, and, like, yeah, like, very, like, gritty, and, uh, now we, now we just need, and then, if it, now we just need, like, a, a full-length version of Don't and, uh, <laughs> Werewolf Woman the SS. I, don't, I like don't because it's so silly and it just like I like the concept. I'm yeah. not sure if I need to see the whole thing, but I get it. 
Well, the entire, the entire, like, I mean, the entire, like, joke of that one was just, like, the, the, yeah, like, the, like, the voiceover. I was <laughs> just like, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure I could, I could come up with, like, some sort of, like, full-length version of that. That would, like, be fun. Mm-hmm. And that was, because that, that was, like, a, like, that was, like, an old, that was, like, a hammer, like, haunted house kind of feeling movie. It seemed like for the big the, the trailer. But yeah, I think I think Thanksgiving is going into production soon, so we'll probably we'll see that at some point in the near future. And uh, that's it for news this week. So why don't we jump into show and tell? And Chris, you and I both saw the uh, '80s classic Bloodsports for our okay. latest, latest Action commentary. It's up on the site right now. You can go to Everything.com and download the commentary, or, see, or like play the commentary on the site and watch it with Bloodsport. Um, Bloodsport celebrating its 35th anniversary this month. So actually, if you're hearing this, like it's this weekend is the 35th anniversary of Bloodsport. On uh, Sunday, the 26th is uh, the 35th anniversary of Bloodsport. But yeah, st- I mean, st- still holds up. I mean, it, Bloodsport is classic. It will never get old. <laughs> it is surprisingly how well it holds up. I mean, just just because it's, it's it's so simple, but it does it does whatever it does whatever everything is doing like so well. It's like, just it's just it's just like tons of fights, training montages, sick soundtrack, Van Damme punching people in the balls, doing splits, <laughs> like, like it's 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 just like yeah, it's, it's such a simple concept, but it does it like so effectively and well. Yep, I'm really sure. I kind of remember the punching the balls was like something that happens at the end of the movie, but that's like halfway in the movie. That, yeah, that's just like yeah, like you think you think he would do that to like Bolo Young, but it's like just, you know, just like some it was like it was like that sumo wrestler guy. <laughs> like the random super wrestler which yeah that was such a such a bizarre group of like fighters for the kubate like yeah yeah you got van damme who's like yeah like like karate martial artist like you have like ray jackson who's like this like <laughs> barroom brawler from america like there's a sumo guy there's like a like uh like like uh like african guy who does like like he's like monkey style martial arts or some sort of like it's it's not capoeira but it's it's like this like very distinct like he's like constantly just like crouching around like jumping around and then like and yeah then like other like other like different fighters super wrestler guy but but that's why that's why I inspired like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter like pretty much everything <laughs> any sort of like fighting game or like tournament movie like it all comes from Bloodsport Mhm. I mean, it's it's nice to see where this uh, genre and idea really spawned. Cause I I feel like Bloodsport wasn't the first tournament fighting movie. I think like I mean Bruce Lee. I mean like like game of like, Edge of the whole, Dragon, like the Dragon. Yeah. yeah. But the whole genre of like at least the word Kumite and yeah, and then like the, more more of like the like yeah like full contact mixed like martial arts like mm-hmm. like not everyone is the same kind of kung fu karate like this was like yeah. more mixed and international. Mm-hmm. However, it's got a crazy like backstory unlike any other movie, and I think even in the commentary we couldn't understand like, we just couldn't understand how this lie spawned into this like amazing story because like. It wasn't even, like, a small lie. Like, Frank Duke aimed huge, like, for a lie, where it just sounds so goddamn ridiculous. 
yeah, like he like he was trained by like a, a ninjutsu master, and then yeah, won the kumite. And the best part is like when they at the end of the movie when they show the stats, like they show like Frank Dukes' stats that are totally fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just it's like uh, fast, uh, fastest knockout, most knockouts, most wins, the kumite. And it was like, oh, the speed of his kick, the speed of his punch. Like, what? Yeah. But, like, this is early ESPN sports statisticing where yep. they were just throwing, like, averages at people. And it's like, I understand this math. Like, do you? It's like, I I don't. I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at this and I'm like, we're going to show his fucking pitching average. And then it's just like, what's his <laughs> fucking, like, blood pressure? You know, like, th- does yeah. that matter in the Kumite where you can have the fastest punch, but if the other, do- other dude hits you, like, after, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Frank Dukes won his that that Kumite based on his statistics, or do you think Frank Dukes didn't win the Kumite and he's lying to everyone? Well, I mean, I think pretty much everything he's said, like everything he like described about the Kumite and his training and everything is a lie because people can't verify anything. <laughs> and like yep. he also said he was like in the CIA and like that he he won the Medal of Honor and like. And then, uh, the CIA, and then the CIA was also like, no, like, no, he wasn't. Yeah. It just, God it bless just, him for that. You know, like, it, it's it's such a crazy coincidence that this paid off in the end to some degree. Yeah, he just like he just he just like he happened to know martial arts apparently like, because like because he was a fight choreographer he, he, he choreographed all the fights for Bloodsport and Lionheart and uh only the strong like the uh Mark Cassis movie so like um so so he, like, he, does, he does know martial arts apparently but then it's like everything else <laughs> like all yeah, of everything his, else like, is a giant lie yeah all, all of his like CAA like covert operations and like yeah his Kumite victories and like his the guy who trained him, like all all that stuff, is just like cannot be confirmed or like it's been like outright like like discredited. <laughs> but yeah, but the actual, but, but yeah, everything about the actual movie though, like outside like the like insane lies of the of the, of the person that like, inspired it. Um, I mean, just so so great. Just like I mean, it's yeah, just constant it's just constant fight montages or training montages. You got awesome Stan Bush songs. You got awesome, like Paul Herzog, like score, like literally the second the movie starts and you hear that, like the, the, the beginning of the score is just like, Oh, Oh yes. <laughs> this, this is awesome. Like that, like, like the, like, like the, like, uh, like, you know, like the Asian, the Asian themed, like, like, uh, kind of like riff at the beginning of the movie. And then like, it launches like the main theme. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm not even sure has a title track. It just is it just called the Bloodsport theme? I'm sure. I'm sure it probably has. There's probably names for it and like for the different tracks, uh, like the like like the score or something. I mean, obviously, obviously the Stan Bush songs have have titles. Like you got like mm-hmm. Fight to Survive and uh, I I totally I totally forgot about the like. Like the like sad like the, it's like there's like a Rocky Four like sad montage song where like Van Damme's like on like this like the subway or like a bus or something just like thinking about like stuff that's happened already like like Chong Lee oh, and like Ray and like yeah 
and then all and then, like and then, and then like you also have like like young force whitaker is like the guy trying to like arrest <laughs> along with like the other guy trying to arrest frank dukes because like uh they, what they, they a don't... mixed match couple of agents right like yeah. you get the young guy and the guy that looks like he's about to retire like it to stop a like a trained like soldier like martial artist yeah, they, they don't like he. Well, he he did go AWOL, but then they also they're like, well, you can't you can't fight because if you get injured, that's like you're like that's like cost the U.S. our investment in you as a, like a soldier, like. Or or if I understand the whatever, idea, yeah. but they're yeah. they're like, I don't know. I feel like, what's the repercussion later? Just like he's going to get court-martialed. Mm-hmm. I I I also love like their giant tasers or giant '80s tasers. They look like they look like vacuum cleaners. Like they're like little handheld vacuum cleaners. They look like dirt, bu- D- dirt buster. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but but Bloodsport is uh fantastic. So yeah, definitely head over to site, download download our commentary, watch it along with us. You can relive all the all the magic of Bloodsport. But uh, besides Bloodsport, Chris, what, did, you, did you watch anything else this week? Yeah, uh, so I wandered into watching uh, the uh, Crank movie, the, the Jason Statham Crank movie. The, the first one? Yep. It was okay. just like something I haven't seen in a while, and I'm, I think like HBO Max or Amazon Prime, like one of them had it, and I was like, it's been a while since I saw Crank, so like I just watched it. I was like, this on streaming service, but it's been, it's been like the perfect amount of time where I haven't thought about Crank, and I just want to see it, and it still holds up as this crazy, like, modern Grindhouse movie, but it's got a whole lot of wackiness that I do miss about, uh, the, ta- uh, was it, Never Dean Taylor, uh, yeah, team up? that was, that, I mean, that, that's, Crank is like, they're, that's like their the height of the, like their like filmmaking style, uh-huh. or, or maybe maybe, maybe Crank Two is the the height because like Crank Two is just like next level insane, but like it sucks because we'll never get Crank Three at this point. But yeah, I mean it's such a if you had to say hey we're gonna make like a GTA like movie, it just yes. like, no it's very made it's called Crank. Yeah, like, the world that this movie takes place in is so goddamn insane. I can't even like I for like if they if they had made Crank three like what like what would it even like because like because they teased that like he like he like basically like like um he's on he fire burned to death yeah, and then and then, and then like, he survived that somehow yeah and then he survived his heart being replaced I yeah, guess they, they, yeah they put his heart they put his original heart back in and then he like is like fine apparently even though he, outside of like his like third degree burns on his face like he like is barely fine. Or he's like a mummy. He, basically, he looks like what he should be in Death Race. Yeah. As Tombstone. But they, but like yeah, like they should they, they should have done something with like the fire. They should like that should have been like the, if they did it with three of like oh he's like constantly keep his like <laughs> like pet on fire. Like, he like, has like, to keep burning himself in order yeah. to survive. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Like it's such a crazy concept, and I do like the first movie's simple premise that his adrenaline is keeping him alive before yeah. the next one where it's like electricity is keeping him alive but 
this one's got its great premise. Uh, and I was watching it, and it's like certain, like one scene doesn't stand out, and that's the weird sex scene that happens like in public, where like he's just, I don't, it just seems very like just disturbing by today's standards. Where it's like the weird, like like he like like he like sees like it was, it was like a group of like like what, like Japanese schoolgirls, and he's and then mm-hmm. he see, sees them, and he's just like, oh okay, yeah, like. Yeah, everyone's cheering for me. Yeah, yeah, we're committing a crime, but not in that. Like, his girlfriend is not into it until he basically forces her, and it's, like, so awkward. And then it gets back to, like, crazy levels, but... Yeah, it just it sort of just sucks the wind out of the pace. At least in the sequel, it's different. You know, she's into it. She's, like, all about it, so it's a little different. But in the first one, oof. Ooh, this is, like, a different movie if it didn't go well. <laughs> Uh, and then I was watching it, and I was wondering if ever they did, if for whatever reason someone was, had the balls to make the Crank TV show, like a short limited series, how awesome would it be? It would be like 24, like, you know, 24 premise where every hour, or I mean every two hours, he has to like do like a crazy stunt in order to like generate enough adrenaline. And that's, like, the whole premise. Every episode is him trying to stay alive because they get to the next, like, crazy stunt. Mm-hmm. I think that would work, right? Yeah, I would I, I would definitely be, like, down for, like, some sort of new crank thing. Mm-hmm. Although, 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 I mean, if, he, if, it, if there's no Statham, like, I don't know. I mean, you have to, like, find someone that like, can, like, match Statham's level, but... Oh, yeah, his... His degree of, like, being calm to just being freaked out and punching shit is just, like, a different level. It's not a Nick Cage freakout. It's very... This is very, like, frightful. Nick Cage freakout is kind of, like, funny in a way, where uh, uh, Jason Statham freakout is like, oh, he's gonna karate me in the throat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I kind of forgot what, like how crazy at the end it becomes like a david lynch movie at some point like where jason statham's like having an out-of-body experience and he starts talking to this japanese guy do you remember this scene well i, I remember like he so he goes to, like the roof where like the like triad boss is like hanging out right like right before that like he gets in the elevator take him to the roof there's a japanese businessman there mm-hmm. do you remember this not not that particular, like, because it's been like I I can't remember last time like last time I saw Crank, but all right. Well, to to kind of ruin that experience, I totally forgot this scene. So yeah, there's the part where he is in an elevator and he's staring at this Japanese guy, and I guess it's like he's replaying all the events in his head in the day and like the trauma because he's just been through like I don't know five hours of hell, maybe a little bit more, but. Mm-hmm. He um he stares at this Japanese guy who stares back, and then I guess in his mind, the Japanese guy is representing like certain characters and he's like questioning himself and like wants to know what he's living for. And it's so it's out of place in a trippy way and like holds up better, but it's something where like I looked at that and I was like, what? Like it it just it's so jarring. But the best part is that the Japanese guy is sort of doing a fake visual mimicking of the characters that he's like representing. So it's like 
the different villains, his like his parents, his himself. There's like this Jason Statham voice that comes out of this Japanese guy, but it's like the mannerisms are so like well done. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait, what? What is this about? Like, what? It only happens one time, and it's right before the climax of the movie. So it's sort of like it comes at that unexpected moment. It it just something I like. I did not know that. Uh, also, this is also a movie has that trick where um Frank um uses his fingers as like a gun. Do you remember wait, that? Wait, you mean wait? You mean you mean Chev Chelios? That's it. Frank. Frank. Um, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank you're thinking of transporter. Frank Martin. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No. So Chev, when when Chev like uses his like finger and he kind of threatens the guy with a gun and then he pulls the he like shoots his finger and then like some guy gets shot. Yeah. I was wondering like, is this the first movie that did that? Where it's like he he knew that there was a gun behind him to help him assist in this finger gun illusion. I don't know. But it it it's one of those like, oh, that's cool. The only However, good- the only yeah. other one I can think of, like the only other one like, that like really pops out to me is, is, is like the losers, so like, Chris, like, the like Chris Evans. Yeah, press. yeah. How it makes sense when like he did it, he had like the he, him and the sniper were like in communication. Mm-hmm. In this movie, no communication. He doesn't know what's gonna happen. It's more like was the guy behind him sort of sort of like reading the situation and kind of lining up the shot. Like it's a very crazy shot of how he did it too. It's not like. At least in the, in the losers, it's like a distance, and then like it's the window. You know, everything kind of came up by a coincidence. Or in this, it's just like, oh, that kind of explains where the bullet from. But no, it doesn't. You know, like it, when you start thinking about it, it falls apart real quick. So the movie does have like a fun, uh, like silliness to it. So it's forgivable. Uh, on top of that, if we saw that movie and they never made a sequel, I still think it holds up where he got everything he wanted out of that day. Like, he feels accomplished and he could die, like, happy he got his revenge. I do like about that movie. And I do, like, appreciate that, like, three years later, unexpectedly, in 2009, Crank 2, like... Yeah. You thought you were done with this? No, you're not, you know? And it's even and it's even crazier because like you get like like Godzilla fights and uh, fake Jerry Springer talk show thing <laughs> like like yeah there's there's so there's so many there's so many more like cu- like weird like cutaways in uh, high voltage mm-hmm. and and everything and, 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 and like everything everything else is just, like 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 Crank was already a cartoon then like high voltage is like even more of a cartoon like uh. Like like a, like a character is just a head being kept alive and stuff like. Yeah, that, that's at that point you're you're you could forgive anything. It's like whatever, yeah. keep going. I want to see more. Like this is where like it's a grindhouse movie at this point. Go to space, you know. Like I don't know. Have lady have Lady Gaga be multiple people again. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I think it's time for a crank sequel. I think enough years has passed. It's been. Like seventeen years. Time for another one, please. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta come up with like I don't know like because because Neville Taylor like 
you know, like doing their own doing their own things now. So did they not speak anymore? What, what was happening with that? I don't I don't think they like I can't I, I, uh here's the thing. Did because like Marvel's Ghostwriter, like Ghost of Vengeance, was not the thing that should break them up, you know? Like Yeah. I feel that movie's gonna be finding its like cult following we're still a few year few years off from that, but when that does and sparks a new interest again for that action movie. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure why they like decided to like not be like a team anymore, but like uh But but yeah, I mean they, they yeah, they they both been doing like, you know, pretty like interesting stuff like uh like like obviously we just, we just talked about like yeah, like ta- like the Taylor half Brian Taylor was going to do like the Hellboy, this new Hellboy. And then also he did, uh, uh, basically he was a showrunner for happy on sci-fi. And then he also did like, it was great. That was, that was basically, that was basically like a crank. That was like, like the closest we're going to get to, we got to like a crank sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I give you that. And then he also, he also started that movie mom and dad with uh, Nicholas Cage, where like the parents like go create, like when it was like some sort of like weird, like, Occurrence happens that the parents might kill their children. I've heard about that movie. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. So what the hell is Neville Dean doing? Wait, wasn't he doing? I think the Neville, TV Neville, shows? Neville Dean did. Um, he's done. He did like the Vatican tapes, and then he did Officer Down. That was like a. I think that was a. Yeah, Kim Coates was in that Kim one. Kim Coates, and, and then he, he just did Panama with like the like Mel Gibson movie. Which it looked like, I mean, look, it looked like uh, he like that was like doing some of his like trademark like uh, like rollerblade filming stuff in that one. I haven't I haven't seen that one yet. I might I might have to check out Panama at some point just because like he directed it. But there, like there was like a I think there was like. A, uh, like a behind the scenes like clip or something and it was yeah it was like because like that was like they were like famous for like like strapping on like rollerblades like just like getting dragged behind cars while shooting and stuff mm-hmm. and, and i think one of them for like spirit of vengeance like there's a, there's a shot of like interest like flying off that like cliff and oh then, yeah like, and then, a machine and then, gun shot yeah and, then, and then, like one of, like i forget which one it was if it was neldine or taylor but like one of them like jumped off the cliff with him like cause they're, to shoot it so they yeah they they were like they were like crazy like uh so like their filmmaking style was like like super over the top. But yeah, crank crank just like Bloodsport, crank still holds up apparently. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, anything else, Chris? Uh, that's about it. So, uh, so, so I saw I, I saw the big thing that happened this last weekend, which was uh, I saw Ant Man the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which is I think it's the thirty first uh, Marvel movie, and uh, yeah, I mean, the start of Phase Five, uh, you know, Phase Four wrapped up with Wakanda Forever last year. So, um, I overall I thought. Quantum Mania was fun. Um, it's, there's definitely some like um, some kind of like 
if you, if you think about it or like like it does there's a couple things it doesn't really set up or do there's a couple yeah, de- definitely some issues but like overall i think it's it's pretty fun um the, like the quantum realm stuff is like it's like is because obviously it's place, like it's like 80 percent of this movie takes place in the quantum realm so like like the look the look of the quantum realms is 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 cool. Like there's a, there's a lot of like it, they find like a bunch of like weird interesting like new characters down there. Like like you know like Bill Murray is down there as a character, and then there's like, there's, like um and, and then like there's like this whole like group of like freedom fighters who are fighting against uh Kang, and then like and it's it's like really like bizarre. Like one, like one of them is like uh like David Desmalchian voices like this character called Veb who's like a like a goo monster and there's this whole thing of like oh, like he and he's kind of like he kind of works like a babble fish like a, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it's like if you like drink his ooze like you can understand like everyone down in the quantum realm so that's like this like funny bit like they're like it's like it's like like when like, when, like, when, like Scott and Cassie get like, they're like captured by like the Freedom Fighters and they're like drink the ooze drink the ooze um and then, and then Jonathan Majors is, is is great as as Kang. Although they, I feel I feel like they were like really they were like setting up of like this is like oh you you kind of you saw one version in, in Loki, but this is the, now we're getting like we're not now we're getting like the act like the truth like we're getting like this is the the version that's gonna be like the the like main threat to the the MCU. And then they kind of like they kind of like shift that again like kind of shift that again like it's kind of like. Like he, like Kang the Conqueror is the threat, but then maybe not, maybe maybe the, like it's not really maybe it's not the threat you think it is, or like like or it's like there's like more there's like even more layers coming soon. Um, that like like it's I feel like they, they kind of push they kind of push off the like uh like like the truth the truth that a Kang is still coming. Oh, like this isn't the real Kang. Well, he's Kang the Conqueror, but like it's it's there's there's like a maybe not like maybe not just like maybe not this one is gonna be like there's like more to like the threat of Kang than just this one character. I see. Which is which is kind of which is kind of disappointing because like they kind of set this up like this is this is it like this is like the the the, the king in this movie is like the thanos of like the, from phase five and beyond and then they kind of are like well sort of but there's more gotcha it, it, this this rabbit hole goes deeper yeah but i mean but he like he like i mean he was great in loki and he's great like so like uh i'm definitely like uh, definitely super interested for like more like whatever Jonathan Majors is doing like in like future movies. Uh, hopefully it'd be pretty interesting. But yeah, but he he, he does a great job. Like he, he's like he's like, he's like super calm, but like also but like super just like terrifying of like just like like maintaining his composure. But like like, like there's a great scene where like he's like captured Scott and his daughter Cassie, and like, he's in this like. And like Scott's like, well, I'm gonna vent- like I, I call the other Avengers. They're gonna like, they're gonna come and like like stop you or like help like break me out of here. And he's like, and then like he's like, well, how, like what, what Avenger are you? I've killed so many Avengers before. Like I, 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 lost, I lost track of which ones I've killed. Damn. Did he kill an Avenger? No, he, like this is he's in, probably in another in, universe. In, in, in other t- in other timelines, he's he, like he's destroyed like whole timelines in like other in, like before this movie. 
Gotcha. But but he's been he, he's been trapped in the quantum realm because he like ended up there and then um because like, it, like he, he was like banished by the other like other kangs so like he was like sent to the quantum realm because he was like they, they're like he was destroying all like the timelines and then uh they're like well we can't have this so like we're sending you to like we're banishing you to the quantum realm so like basically like the MacGuffin the whole thing of like is it's like he's uh he. Because like uh like Cassie Lang creates like this like satellite basically that that like can like map the quantum realm that it's in the signal down so like Kang intercepts the signal and like drags them all into the quantum realm because he needs uh pin particles for something to like pin particles are like part of the key to like let him like escape the quantum realm and like resume like taking over like different timelines. So he can make himself big or go back in time pin, pin particles are like this MacGuffin, whatever they need just there, well, well there's there's a MacGuffin of like the it's like the like engine or like the power source for like his like uh oh is it what's it what's this chair called i forget in the comics it, it's it isn't it's like is it like the cosmic chair or something but basically it's like it's like it's like time ship basically like it's like the like uh something happened to like his power source and it, and he needs like pin particles to fix it so that's like the MacGuffin, and like that's like the whole like like whenever it gets down there, he's, that's like his like thing of like, well, I'm gonna force you to help me like fix my power source, and then I'll, I'm gonna like get out and and like uh, uh, I have like I have an army now in here. I'm gonna like and I'm gonna evade like your universe and then destroy and then like continue like destroying other timelines and everything. Um. So yeah, so that's like that's like the main thrust, and then but then you also get. You also get Modok, which uh, not not really a fan of what they did with Modok in this movie. Um, I mean, if you saw the trailer, like you know, like it's like it's basically like uh, like Darren Darren Cross from the first movie, uh, Corey Stoll, got tr- transformed into Modok because of what happened. Like he got shrunk down into the quantum realm and then like got transformed like into like <laughs> into Modok. How just like his head is huge and yeah whatever whatever happened because like Scott like blew, like destroyed like his like uh like regulator or whatever and then and then it struck him down and so like like that comment the combination of like yeah like his like suit malfunctioning plus like getting shrunk down like like, like yeah like like caused him to like get, become like a, a deformed head but then but then he but then he's he's basically like, he's basically just like a henchman for Kang. Like Kang, like Kang, like like kind of rebuilds him and like gives him like his like uh, his armor and everything, and then like he's like, well, you work for me now. That makes sense. But the, but but the, they do the th- they do the thing of like they, they, they've done it before. Like he's like he's kind of like he's like a jokey. Like it's like more of a joke than anything. Like it's like like it's not. It's, if if you're a fan of Bodoc for the comics, where he's like this like actual like like dangerous threat, like. He's not that in this movie. Like it's like it's a very goofy and, and like the the CG like stretching Corsell's face looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, why they, they did that. Why can they just make him look a little better? Yeah, I, it's it, it's not it's not a great take on Modok. And then like I don't I don't I, it seems like they're not gonna based on what happens in this movie. Like I don't think I don't there's not uh I don't think we're getting another version or like a, or a return appearance from Modok. So. They kind of blew their. I feel like they blew their shot of like bringing Bonak in, and it's probably gonna be. I I thought it was disappointing. I, I'm sure a lot of our fans are disappointed. But like, 
like this is like this is like our, our one appearance of Modog in the MCU, and it was kind of not good. So, and I, I also I also I also think like um like Cassie Lang is not we've had like is not really they're, they're definitely setting her up to be like stature, which is like her comic alter ego. Mm-hmm. She she doesn't really pop as much as like the other like some of the other like you know like Young Avengers they've set up like she's kind of just like boring and bland like um like no nowhere near of like a you know like a, a Miss Marvel or like a uh Yelena or like yeah yeah like a Kate Kate Bishop like Kate Bishop okay. yeah like there's been so like there's been so many like all, all of them like the sec the first second they're on screen it's like oh. This, like these, they're like fun, interesting. Like I definitely want to see more of them. And like this one's, Casey Lang is like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I guess I guess we'll have to have to deal with more of her. But like I'm not too like thrilled like to see. Her. I'm not. I, I'm not like. Oh man, I can't wait to see the next Casey Lang adventure. It's like if she shows up again, fine. But like, which is weird because like I thought Catherine Newton who plays her was like great and like freaky. But like, but yeah, she just is kind of just like bland and boring here. So I don't know what happened to the, it's like the writing or whatever, something. But like, yeah, not not a not a great like, like big like intro for like Cassie Lang as like a a future like Avenger or Young Avenger or whatever they're whatever they're setting up. But 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 but, but yeah, but it looks it look, I mean it looks it looks pretty great. I mean there's something I was like the some of the the Modoc stuff is some some of the stuff that looks shaky, but like it it looks better than like uh you know like Thor: Love and Thunder, like which had some like truly bad <laughs> like 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 that floating like kid, floating head kid like and stuff. I obviously everybody points out, but like mm-hmm. I definitely like I I feel like like Quantum Mania. I I feel like is it's definitely better. I feel like, I I enjoyed it more than like. Quantum Mania and probably Wakanda Forever, just because like it was it wasn't as like cringy terrible humor as like <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, and then it wasn't as like a, a, a mess of like setting up things as Wakanda Forever. Like like it like the all the steps for this it feels a bit more organic in Quantum Mania than like Wakanda Forever, where it's just like they just throw like you know like they throw characters like Ironheart in there just be like hey. Disney Plus show coming soon. <laughs> what catch it? Like or like uh, Thunderbolts. Like the scene only exists like for the to like set up like remember the scene for later like in like two years or whatever when Thunderbolts comes out. Like just remember like remember what Juliet Lewis is, Julia Jeffers is doing in the scene. Maybe. Did she show up at all in this? No, no. The, the, like besides Kang, do you see any other heroes? It's 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 just it's just, it's just like the Ant family. So it's it's, it's Scott, Cassie, Hope Van Dyne, Janet Van Dyne, and uh, Hank Pym, mm. and and then all the, and then all the like weird characters they meet in like the quantum realm, and then yeah, then Kang and Modok uh, in uh, the villains. So yeah, so not yeah, not a lot. Of, so not a lot of like. There's no other like Avengers or anything. Um, there's a uh, one of the post credit scenes has a setup for that for some characters are are gonna like. Uh, uh, deal with like Kang and uh, in like probably pretty soon. So that's the the, the very last scene. I would definitely stay stay for that. And then the mid credit scene is like a seems like that the mid credit scene definitely seems it seems like is is the scene that like sets up like this is the threat now. <laughs> like this is what we're dealing with. Is it another Kang? Uh, it's uh, so, yeah, I mean, something like that. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll probably see it soon. But yeah. 
but yeah, but, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanos is back. Yeah, um, and yeah, but yeah, I mean, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is still as charming as ever. So that's like Scott, Scott's still a fun character. There's like all of his, all of his jokes work. There's like, there's actually a pretty, like, there's a pretty awesome scene where like he, like he ends up in like a, it's like a probability storm where, where it's a section like the quantum realm where it's like, he sees all the, like every like version of, of, of like every, like, all of his choices, like manifest as like actual, like copies of himself. It was in the tra- it was in the trailer, but like, but it, it's like a probably like one of the best scenes of the movie. It was like it's like it's like it's like hundreds of Scots running around. I think we saw it in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailer. But there's there's a, there's some fun jokes with that, like him like interacting with himself, and like there's like a like one of them is like a Baskin Robbins guy who like never became Ant Man. <laughs> like, he's just like, hey guys, what are we doing here? Like, I I was I was I was I was scooping ice cream, like. And, and there's also there's a great bit in the beginning of like um since like since like uh they defeated Thanos like like Scott's just been kind of like hanging out like he wrote like a memoir so he has like he, he has like this book about like uh like him being Ant Man and like all, and he's like he's like at a book signing at the beginning like reading it and then, like he's like and he's like listening to his own audio book like in the car. I think that was like a viral thing where that book was a real book. They, yeah, they they, ha, they had they, they've released it. Like you you could buy the book. You could buy like the like Scott Lang memoir if you want to like read it. But that's that's a fun bit. And then like yeah, like him like kind of just like walking down the street and everyone's like he's like yeah Ant Man like. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I mean it's 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 it, there's definitely like price. There's definitely some like. Uh, issues with the char- some of the characters and maybe like some of the plot stuff and it, it, it it's it, it's probably not it's not as like for like the phase five like this is like establishing the threat of like the for like the MCU going forward maybe a little bit underwhelming like it's like um it, it doesn't it's not like Infinity War like or like with like, the other Thanos set up where it's like oh shit Kang's here <laughs> like um but hope I mean hopefully in the future in the in like future movies and stuff we'll like we'll definitely we'll establish like like the actual, like the full extent of like Kang's threat to like the multiverse or whatever. But um, if, if this is like it's it's not really like they hyped it up to be like this is like a huge major like game changing event for the MCU. And it's it's like it's kind of like well they kinda, said like the new Death Dynasty of shit. And I was like I yeah yes like well who's royalty in this yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It does. It's. 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 Else, but it's like. It's kind of like. It's more self-contained than I think you would. You would think for like this like huge like building block of like phase five and beyond. But I mean, just there's there's still some fun action. Some some, some you know fun, the jokes work mostly. So, I I overall enjoyed it. Like I don't I don't think it like deserves to be like the like worst rated MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is right now, but. Is, is um, it? Yeah, it's like it's like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think it's worse than Eternals. Oh, I can always keep forgetting Eternals is a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is definitely also better than Eternals. Like, I, this this is nowhere close for me, to, like anywhere close to like the like the bottom of like the MCU. Like, this is not it's not Thor: The Dark World or like Eternals or like uh, I, 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 the more I think about, it, I think Thor: Thor Love and Thunder is probably down. Or toward the bottom for me, like that was <laughs> the more I get, the more I get away from that movie, the more I'm like, it's like, man, that was just a that movie was a fucking mess. <laughs> Dark World isn't that bad. 
dark dark world yeah i mean dark world is is just kind of like bland it's, 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 it's like bland, first, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, quantum, I, I, I enjoyed it definitely more than Thor: Love and Thunder and uh, Wakanda Forever for recent ones. I don't, it's probably not, probably definitely, I, I probably put it below like Multiverse of Madness and definitely, definitely way below Spider-Man No Way Home. But um, yeah, as far as, I, as far as like the recent MCU movies, like mid, mid, mid tier, upper mid tier of like the recent ones. Yeah, if if you see it, we 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 definitely dig into more more stuff, and I'll definitely like be interested to see like what you think of like <laughs> like the the Kang setup and all that stuff. Mm. Um, and besides that, the other thing I watched this week was I saw the uh 1989 uh action movie Shoot to Kill, um or 1990 1990 no 88 yeah because it just it just had its uh. 35th anniversary this month along so along with like Bloodsport uh Shoot to Kill was also a February 1980 movie um and it, it, it got a lot of like a lot of people on like Instagram were like liking it like like mentioned uh, like oh great movie so it's like and I I'd never really heard of it I just I I saw like I saw it was having an anniversary like so I put it up on our you know our, our Facebook and Instagram and stuff but then I was like I should probably watch this <laughs> like if you were like uh, if, like a ton of people like I actually I've seen it and, like we're like oh yeah this is a great movie so yeah, so this is, it's a 1988. It's like a it's it's kind of like buddy cop, I guess. It's a it's Sidney Poitier and uh, Tom Berenger teaming up, and uh, I got I got very it, it's very similar to like Cliffhanger. I get very like a lot of Cliffhanger vibes from it. Uh, if if Cliffhanger was like a buddy cop movie, because um, basically the setup is like so like Sidney Poitier is a FBI agent, and there's a, there's like a hostage situation. Some some guy stole. Uh, uh, diamonds, or like he got he was demanding diamonds from like this guy and holding his wife hostage, and then uh, the hostage the situation goes bad. Like this guy kills the, the, the diamond guy's wife and escapes into like the like Pacific Northwest wilderness, and so Sidney Poitier is after him, and then has to like uh, team up with Tom Berger, who's like a like local like mountain guide, uh, well, like wilderness guide, and then mm-hmm. they set off into like the wilderness after like this killer, which turns out to be Clancy Brown. Oh. So yeah, Clancy Brown is like this, like yeah, like this, uh, like deadly murderer who like, but the, but he like he like infiltrates like this like like fishing group. It's like like heading out into the woods and uh, which is led by Tom Berger's girlfriend, who's played like Kirstie Alley, the late Kirstie Alley. Um and yeah, so it, and they they kind of do this thing where it's like they they kind of like are like hiding who the killer is. Um. Because, I mean, you can't, you can't tell because, like, they have a phone conversation, and, like, Clancy Brown obviously has, like, a very distinctive voice. So mm-hmm. if you, like, listen to the phone call, it's like, oh, uh, then, then you, like, see, like, later on, it's like, oh, Clancy Brown is this, then I can I know who that voice was on the phone. But they kind of do this thing of, like, oh, which one of these guys is the killer? Like, the, like, the, like he's hiding him in, in, like, plain sight with these other guys. Like, who, which one is it? But then at a certain point, like, <laughs> at a certain point, like, Clancy Brown literally just throws every other guy off a cliff. <laughs> And then he's like, he's like the last guy. So it's just like, it's just him and Christianity, like toward the middle, because like, because like, it's, it's like straight, like someone f- fight, like figures out that like, it's like, oh, this guy is not who he says he is, and they just like mm-hmm. shucks everyone off the cliff, like he it's like, kills everybody. Um, and then Tom Berger and Sidney Poitier are, are like having this kind of like they're having like this like uh, 
they don't like each other at first, and then it's like they're like it's like culture clash because like Cindy Potty is like a very like city slicker like I'm 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 I like I'm I like I miss like the the comforts of the city. I I don't do I I don't do woods, and then Tom Berger's like is like all woods like is just like I survive off the land like I like I know how to like survive in the wilderness and you don't. He's a survival <laughs> so, man. Yeah, so it's so that, that a lot of the movies like them like clashing over like their personalities but then obviously they kind of like learn to like trust each other like like each other as the movie goes on but yeah definitely a lot, a lot of like I, I definitely got a lot of like cliffhanger vibes there's like a there's like a whole like there's actually even like a scene where like tom bears is like hanging off a cliff and like but it's like like trying to like drag it back up because it's like bridge collapses and then they're like, they're like a lot of like mountain climb. They're climbing a mountain at some point. So like, yeah, if you if you if you like cliffhanger, I think you like you'd probably like enjoy shoot to kill because it has very similar vibes. But yeah, but, but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a it's a solid like like 80s action movie. Just like a straight like like doesn't do anything like too like crazy or like uh like like uh unique. But like it's it's just a, it's just a solid like if you want to see a solid like. City Pony and Tom Berger teaming up to like track down Clancy Brown. <laughs> Definitely worth checking out. And I, I, I guess um like this movie was like the like like before this movie like City Pony had been like like retired or had made a movie in like a, a decade. Really? Yeah. So this, this is like the movie that like brought him back into like back into acting after like because he, he stopped he stopped after like uh it must have been one like of the like sneakers or, or no that was after like he came back and then was in that. Yeah, what, I wonder if it was the because uh, he because he made all those like uh, in the heat of the night sequels, um, like the organization and stuff. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, he, he did a documentary. He did a, a piece of the action was the, the last movie he did in 1977. And then he had they didn't do he didn't do anything until Shoot to Kill. And then, then after Shoot to Kill, he, he was like back in like yeah, he was doing sneakers. He did like the Jackal. Like he was back in like uh, doing. Uh, movies again throughout the, through the rest of the 90s. I, 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 guess, I, I guess he was like directing stuff. That was like, I guess he like took a break and was, was just, just directing things because he directed like he directed like Stir Crazy and Hanky Panky and Fast Forward and stuff. So I guess I guess, I guess that's what that, that was like his absence. That was like explains his absence. He was he was just directing things and came back for Shoot to Kill. <laughs> <laughs> And it's weird because like both Tom Berenger and Sidney Poitier, like they're they don't have that like grit tough guy look of the eighties. Like they were just like uh I yeah. guess like like everyday people. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I haven't seen this movie and I like I never heard of it. Yeah, I I didn't heard of it until I saw it like, because uh, I was going through like oh what movies came out for like anniversaries and I was like oh shoot the kill like Tom Berger and Sidney Poitier all right I'll I'll post that and then like yeah but a bunch of people were like oh yeah great movie I I saw I was like I love this movie or like a lot of likes on it so I'm like hmm all right <laughs> I should probably watch this I like I like Tom Berger I like Sidney Poitier so <laughs> those are people I know yeah it's it's like it seems like it, it's it, interesting premise. But uh, yeah, yeah. Just if you if you like cliffhanger, if you like buddy cop, kind of like dynamics, I would, yeah, we're definitely we're checking out. Um, I don't think it's not really streaming anywhere. I had to I had to get it from like my uh, Netflix disc uh, subscription, so 
um it, it might be it might be a little hard to find um you might have to, like get a disc or it might i don't know if, i don't even know if you can like rent it from like uh amazon or anything it's, it, but it's, it's definitely not like on like a like prime video or like netflix or anything it's it's just like it's kind of like only like a, a physical media <laughs> release right now and only dvd there's no blu-ray or anything it's, it's dvd or vhs on amazon it's a go big or go home thing huh yeah. <laughs> it's like own it or uh like you can't stream it so you have to own it or hunt down a rental for it like a physical rental because you're not gonna see it in Redbox either. I think I think it might be. I think someone might have put it up on YouTube in full, and it, so that might be an option too. Like you just search, search for like "Shoot to Kill" on YouTube, and I think you might be able to find it. Because I I don't I don't know who is, who has the rights, but like apparently like the whoever has the rights may may not care that much. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah. There's a couple there's a couple versions on uh, YouTube if you want to check it out. And uh, yeah, so that's it for me. So we, we can wrap things up. Uh, definitely head over to the site. We've got, like we mentioned before, we have our Bloodsport commentary up there. You can check that out, sync that up with a, a copy of Bloodsport, and watch along with us. And uh, I have a review of Quantum Mania. If you want to read a review of Quantum Mania, it's up on the site. All the shows we talked about are up there as well. So you can head over to check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.